Hey, Suns fans, welcome to season three, episode 17 of the Suns Tennial podcast. And for this week's episode, we're excited to introduce the show, NHL draft and prospects analyst for daily faceoff, Chris Peters. So, Chris, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, Chris formerly worked for ESPN, CBS, and USA Hockey. Uh, you're a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to prospects and uh, college hockey in general. So, uh, we're pretty excited to pick your brain tonight. And um, we might as well just kick it right off with NCAA hockey. Ottawa has a handful of guys who are playing in the NCAA this year, but uh, two more notable ones and one very notable one uh, in Tyler Clevin and Jake Sanderson. So in so far of, of what you viewed of their games, what do you think about both of those guys and their futures with Ottawa? Yeah, well, I mean, Jake Sanderson, it's hard to say enough positive things about him. You know, I think he's got, potential to be a, a number one defenseman for a long time. I think he's got a, a chance to be, you know, a, a, a guy that, that could be, you know, I, Brady Kachuk's going to probably wear the C for a long time in, in Ottawa, but, um, you know, I think that you'll eventually see a letter on, on Jake Sanderson's jersey as well. He carries himself incredibly maturely and professionally already, but his game is just so advanced. And I think this year we've seen him take it to another level where he has been able to, dominate games at both at both ends of the ice. He's an, an elite skater and, you know, he's played physically, he's played offensively. Um, so I think he's special, you know, in regards of what's in the Senator's system right now. Um, Tyler Clevin is a bit more of a project, but I think he's a good project to have because he's got the big size and, you know, I think he's very, uh, underappreciated for his mobility, a very mobile player, a guy that uh, can move uh, that big frame very well. Everybody knows about his physicality. He is incredibly devastating body checker. But I think the thing that, that gets lost in that is his ability to close gaps and his ability to angle players to the boards. And once he gets a guy pinned to the boards, he's not going anywhere. So, you know, like that's, that's a pretty impressive trait. Offensively, you're never going to be getting a lot of production out of out of him, but he moves the puck well enough. You know, he's only got eight points this season, and I expected more offense out of him. You know, just as he gets more comfortable, he's got an incredible shot. Like that's the thing. I, I wish, I wish it was better in terms of his, uh, you know, his ability to get it on net and, and his ability to get it, uh, you know, through. But but he still has a, an incredibly powerful shot that, you know, he can be a goal scoring tool for him. Eventually it just kind of comes down to better anticipation and, 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 and awareness and when to take those shots and, and making sure that you're not getting blocked or anything, but it, that that's certainly a shot that I would be afraid to step in front of myself, but I'm not paid to play hockey. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's probably why, but, but I'll tell you what, you know, I think that he's, he's a guy that still, you know, where Jake is ready to jump into the NHL, I think Clevin's going to need, you know, two to three more years before he's in that discussion to be an everyday NHL defenseman. Um, but he's at least on track. I think he's an NHL player. I think he will be um, down the line. You, you never know what you're going to get outside of the first round. Um, but I think he was a guy that was a gamble worth taking just because he does a lot of things well. You think uh, Clevin's game has improved uh, from the point when he was drafted. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying he was a bit of a reach at where he was taken, but do you think he's kind of uh, tempered expectations a little bit or, or improved his game more uh, to where people could, could see him being a second round pick? 
I mean, I always thought he was a second rounder. I never thought it was that big of a reach. Um, you know, I had him ahead of Brock Faber, which in hindsight now doesn't look very good. Brock Faber was on the same team as him. Um, and I didn't have a full appreciation for just how good of a skater and defender Brock Faber really was um, and is and was going to be. Um, so that's a loss for me. But either way, I still think that he's an exceptional young player and that Clevin that is. And I would say that I wanted to see more progression year over year. There were some times this year where he, I think he got healthy scratched once or twice this season, um, which was more of like a message sending from the coaching staff. And I, I think that, you know, he and Jake Sanderson are like best friends or, you know, very close, at least they've been roommates and things. And, you know, they've, they do a lot of training together. And I think that that, I've always said that it, that the best thing for Tyler Clevin was was having Jake Sanderson as an influence on him. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when Jake leaves, as we expect, after this season and what Clevin does on his own. Um, because he'll have to be a, a substantial, he'll have to play a more substantial role next season. And so I think some of the stuff that, that's happened to him this year has been like, hey, let's get it in gear because you have a lot of potential to be a really special player. And I think there's a lot of belief in him at North Dakota that there's more there. And I, I, I believe that as well. So I, I would say that he has improved marginally. Um, but I, I still think that there's a lot more for him to tap into. I think that's probably a, a lot more thorough analysis of Clevin than we've seen in quite some time. So that's great. Thanks for uh, providing us with that. I try. I try. <laughs> Bennett, did you want to go ahead? Oh yeah, sorry. I, uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, thanks for joining us again, Chris. Great to have you with us. Um, as you will recall, last year the sentence took a right wing Tyler Boucher tenth overall the draft. I uh, started off with uh, Boston University this season, but only managed three points in seventeen games played before coming out of the NCAA and moving to OHL's Ottawa Sixty Sevens. Uh, what did you notice about Boucher's game during his time in college hockey, and uh, how do you think his development has gone so far? Yeah, you know, I mean, you you have to look at Ty Boucher and and understand that, you know, he missed so much of last season that that's a significant amount of time um, to be on the shelf and and not developing and not not progressing. And at the beginning of last season, you know, they played when he when he really was lighting it up and scoring and doing well. You know, he's playing with pace and playing physically and and all those things. And and um, you know, I think that what he found was the timing was off in college, the, um, the readiness for the physicality, even though he's a guy that dictates things physically, he didn't necessarily do that in the college game. He never really found his, his way. I mean, he, he racked up plenty of penalty minutes, um, which doesn't, you know, doesn't really help you a ton. Um, you know, there's no fighting in college hockey, so there's no, you know, it wasn't like he was racking up majors or anything. It's just more, you know, he was kind of making mistakes and I, I think he never got comfortable. Boston University also at the beginning of the season, they were ravaged with injuries because, you know, there are multiple players like uh, Jay O'Brien and um, Luke Tuck. And so they were like, they were awful at the beginning of the season as a team, just every, like I watched them early in the season. I was just like, no, this is, this is not good. Um, this doesn't look good. And I think for Tyler, you know, the situation with him being a number 10 pick and you start looking at that stat line and you say three points in 17 games, 
and he's a number 10 pick. And I've maintained this from the very beginning. It's not his fault that he was picked 10th overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him in the 40s because I believe that he would be a great bet in the second round. Um, and because he missed so much time, the way the other thing, the other thing that does give me some concern is that with as physical as he plays, he's already had injury problems. Mm-hmm. And and that's another thing where like, can his body sustain the way that he plays? And he has to play the way that he does to make an impact. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, at BU, he never really established his game. There wasn't anything that you could say that he did that was like, oh, that's what Tyler Boucher is going to be. Um, he is, he can be a power forward. He can be a guy that is hard on the forecheck. I don't think he's ever going to be a top six player. I don't think he's ever going to be um, a, a high scorer. I do think that he'll be a depth player. And and again, this is the unfortunate thing for him is everybody expects a number 10 pick to be all world. and Or at least like three quarters of the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, and, and I... I remember, so the, I dra- I, I ranked him in the forties and I was like, or I think it might've even been 50th overall. It's, I'm trying to think back to my, but it was like between 40 and 50. And, and I was like, I love this player. I am a huge Tyler Boucher fan. I watched him as in his U17 season and he made an impact in those games in a way that most guys that at 16 can't do because of the physicality, because of his aggressiveness and his ability to, you know, make plays on the wall and to win battles and his strength and all those things were so good. Um, and then he started adding up goals in his U18 year before he got hurt. And then he goes down and he's out for the year and it's just, you, you can't get anything out of him. And, um, you know, and, and so being able to see him at the world junior summer showcase at the, in the summer before the, the, the world junior camp, you know, his first game, he was, he was that guy. And then he faded down the stretch and like, Oh, there it is. Like, you know, like is the conditioning there is the, so I think, but the thing is, is that when it's conditioning, when it's, when it's strength, when it's timing, when it's all those things, all of that can improve with time with repetitions, with playing the game. Now he goes to the OHL. I had no problem. You know, a guy isn't a fit wherever he is and he, and he tries to go somewhere else. It's been the same thing there. Um, it's been the same so far. And again, it's going to come down to repetitions, timing, gaining strength, being able to play a lot of games. Um, he's a, he's a long way away from, you know, being a, a professional hockey player. Um, and again, it's, it's, I think so often the player gets put under this pressure. And I, I thought, I, I hate when it happens that way because it's not, it's, it's completely without the, completely outside of the player's control. Um, but I also think that Tyler Boucher can handle it. So I hope that, you know, especially having had the NHL bloodlines, having a dad that's involved in the game, um, he'll be surrounded by a good support system. And I hope that he'll be able to manage it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Sens didn't do him or themselves any favors by taking them that high, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. So that's that's the way it goes. Yeah, no kidding. Do you think that there are aspects of his game because of that physicality and because of that presence that he can have when he's on his game, they'll translate better to the NHL level than they would in junior? Or do you think that the problems that he has are harder things to solve than, you know, 
just just simply the level that he's at. Yeah, I think if you're going to be a physical player at the NHL level, for the most part, you're going to see it in junior, and you're going to see an ability mm-hmm. to dictate. And it should it should theoretically you should be stronger and better than those players in junior when you're of that caliber, and especially somebody that coming from the national team development program. You know, you look at other guys that have come out of that program and and spent the following year in the OHL or the WHL, and they're among the top players in the league. You can't say that about him now. It's only seven games, but you know we're 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 dealing with that. So if if he doesn't establish those things there, it's going to be a lot harder to establish them at the next level. But yeah. I mean, it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility, but. Um, there's a, he, he, he is a, he is a project now that needs to be kind of rebuilt. Um, but I think the foundation that he has, you know, I watched those games in his U 17 year when he bullied people at, at, at 16 years old. I was like, you know, that, that's something that kid's, that kid's got a chance. And I, I would, I would have looked at him as a first rounder had he stayed healthy and had I had, you know, a better feel, but, but because he didn't and because, you know, I had those concerns. That's why he didn't really move for me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And I think that, uh, is a pretty good segue going into, uh, the next question being, you know, the top end of the, the 2022 NHL draft is shaping up to have a really, really solid crop of prospects. So, I mean, we, a lot of us saw your, your mid season rankings, uh, who are the standouts in your top 10? Um, I mean, well, yeah, there's a lot. It's, it, the, the nice thing about the, the lottery of the range in, uh, of this, of this year's draft is, um, there's a variety of positions and players that can kind of fit a bunch of different needs. And so, um, I think that, you know, if you're looking for top centers, you can find that, you know, it's Shane Wright, Logan Cooley being the, the high end of that. Um, but then there's, you know, you for a little further down, you look at like a Frank Nazar, who's a, a small skilled center from the national team development program, or there's Connor geeky, who is a large center in the WHL. And, you know, kind of in that, that lottery range, um, that that's having a highly productive season. You've got Matthew Savoy who brings speed and skill to the table. And then, you know, everybody saw your Slavkovsky at the Olympics and, um, being a big winger that can, you know, play a power game and can score. Um, those are the types of guys there. And then, it, and then on defense, you've got two brilliant right shot defensemen that I have high upside that are, you know, going to take some time to, to develop, but have been playing professional hockey from a young age. And that's David Juracek and Simon Nemitz. Um, you know, so you've got a Czech and a Slovakian um, there that, that, that are two guys that you have to consider. What'll be interesting now is I've got two Russians in my top 10. Um, how do people feel about drafting Russians now? How do they feel about their ability to get them over? Um, you know, it's going to be easier to take a Russian like Pavel Mintukov, who's playing for Saginaw on the OHL, where you have a, have a sense that maybe he'll stay in North America. Uh, but it's a little bit more difficult to make the decision of Ivan Roshnashenko and Danil Yurov, who are both in Russia right now and playing in, you know, the KHL or the or the minor leagues of the KHL or the, the junior league, the MHL there. So... So those are, you know, like that's kind of a quick and dirty encapsulation of my top 10, I would say. Um, There's a lot of, it it just kind of, you know, it's one of those situations where I think there's a significant 
not a significant, but there's a drop off after two. Like I think Shane Wright and Logan Cooley are the two guys that are in the class of their own in terms of things. Now I had Logan Cooley number one at the midterm. I was the only one that did that. And it was controversial, of course, but it was at the time, you know, I, what I felt, I, you know, I, and now that since I've done that, Shane Wright has like just absolutely gone off for Kingston. I'm not saying it's my fault, but it's, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's played, he's dictated the game a lot more and he's looked more like a number one. He's looked more like that center that can do everything. So, you know, but that, that requires you getting into the number one pick and mm-hmm. um, you know, so, but I, but I think as you look in the top 10, you're going to have some variety. There's, there's, you know, gaps between the players. I think, you know, between, I really think like three and a three and 11, three and 12. Like, I think you're getting comparable players in terms of value um, in that slot. Um, you know, but, but yeah, there's a lot of different players in there that, that, that fit a lot of different needs. I don't think it's an amazing draft, but I do like the lottery range of this draft. I think there's, there's a fair amount of talent there. So what you're saying, Chris, is, uh, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, no, do the witty thing. I'll do the, I'll do the question. Okay. I was was going to say, so you're saying, Chris, you gave Shane the boost that he needed to to get his game together and really pop off. Yeah. You did did that. I I will take credit. I will take credit for that. Yes. There you go. Yeah. 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 Do you, uh, do you think there's a possibility that players like Logan Cooley or Matthew Savoy or, uh, Frank Nazar, will maybe see their draft stock drop a little because of their height. I mean, I know that's been a consistent thing in the NHL and you, you like to see players like Braden point or Alex to break it to sort of buck the trend. But like, do you think that's still prevalent at draft tables? It's, it's definitely still prevalent, but it's not so much. It, it may be the difference between, you know, like if you're looking at Connor geeky and Frank Nazar, you're going to look at them not for their size, but more for what they can do. I do think that NHL staffs look at that a lot more carefully. I think like a Uri Slavkovsky gets a bump because he's skilled with size. Um, he, he also skates well um, and, and all those things. So he does enough where it's not just a size factor. But I would say that um, the the other thing that has to happen is that bigger guys have to bump those smaller guys off. And you look at Nazar, he's been on the rise all year. Cooley has been on the rise all year. Um, you know, so I think that those, those guys, and they're both sub six foot centers, which, you know, you don't have a ton of those in the league, but if you have guys like that, there's nothing that says they can't also be good wingers or anything else. I think both Cooley and Nazar could be centers in the NHL, um, Cooley more so than Nazar, but which is, which is why I have him a fair amount higher. Um, but I would say that, uh, this year's draft, there's just not a ton of big guys that you are going to put over those smaller skilled players, um, Savoy as well. Um, and the other thing is, is that all three of them can absolutely scoot. So, you know, like they can, they can fly up the ice and speed matters a lot more than size at times. Um, and shifty skill and hockey sense. And those guys have all that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Bennett, did you want to throw another one his way? Uh, no, you go ahead. Keep them flying. Oh, okay. no, you, you go ahead with the last one. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not on the, the last one just yet there, but... Um, I didn't know we, we were going to yeah. flip the do, question. Do question six. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, All right. we're, we're doing great here. We're doing great. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so right now Ottawa is sitting seventh last in the league as of today. So if they went into the draft with the seventh overall pick, who do you think might be available for available for them in that spot and, and kind of fits what the senators need? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they do have like in that range, I think you would have one of the two, at least one of the two right shot defensemen there that have some size. And then you say, okay, well, we've got, you know, we've got our blue line. It's kind of the core is kind of there. Um, I just think that if you have a chance to get a Nemitz or, or a Juracek, they're going to, they're going to surpass some of the guys in the system that are already there. Um, you're always looking at on your board, you say, what do we have, but what do we have? What, how, where can we get better? Um, you know, I think it, that based on the Olympics, if the Olympics, didn't happen. I wonder if you would have been able to see your Islavkovsky in that range. Um, and then that would be like, Oh, that's, that's very nice. I mean, uh, I do think there are some hockey, there's still some things with, with Slavkovsky that gives me a little bit of pause just in terms of his overall hockey sense. And, and, um, you know, I think some of the things that he did at the Olympics, um, was really positive. And there were other times where I was like, you know, there's, there's still, I'm still seeing some of the same things that had him, you know, I had him at 10 at the midterm, um, and so that's something to think about. I, I mean, you know, the guy that really intrigues me, if you want to continue to get more dynamic up front is Nazar. Um, and he's a guy that I think will still be on the board at that point. Um, he doesn't give you much in the size department, but you think about the success that the, uh, the, the senators have had with national team development program players. Um, you know, that they, they're, they're forming a little bit of a team USA there with, with Sanderson and Kachuk and, um, and Norris and Colin White. And, you know, so the, all these guys that have, have been through that process, um, and they find the right guys, they've gotten good character guys on top of having the, those others. And so the thing about Nazar that just strikes me is that he is a goal scorer. Um, you know, he can make so many plays from the middle of the ice. He's, as sneaky a player as you'll find in this, uh, this draft, he gets behind defenses and just find soft areas of the ice and really great anticipation on top of just tremendous speed and skill. Um, his goal scoring traits are a little bit more advanced than that of Logan Cooley, where he's able to actually, you know, he's got a quick release. He's, he gets into good scoring areas pretty easily. He can get to the middle of the ice extremely well for a smaller player. Um, so I, I think that that's a guy that would intrigue me. If I want to get more dynamic up front, you're going to do really well with a guy like that. You know, there's always the possibility that guys like Savoy fall as well. You know, I think that there's a lot of mixed opinions on Matthew Savoy in terms of, um, you know, what his overall ceiling is. Um, you know, is the is the work ethic there versus some of the other guys? You know, I think that's something. Um, you know, one guy I haven't mentioned yet is Joachim Kamel as well. And he's been out for a lot of this season. Um, and, you know, that gives you some pause. But before he went down, he was scoring at a record pace in the in the Liga. Um, looked pretty good in the World Juniors. Not necessarily amazing in two games. I mean, you know, two games before it got canceled. But, you know... He didn't do anything that, 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 I mean, the same could be said for Shane Wright and, and others. I mean, I think Logan Cooley's like one of the few draft eligibles that was like, yeah, I, I helped myself um, there. And so I think some of the Slovakians did as well. But, you know, it's just, yeah, in that range, you're going to be happy with who's who's available because I think you're going to have a lot of options. I think you're going to have a defenseman there. You're going to have one of the center, you know, one of any of the centers. You're going to have wings, you know. I have Brad Lambert far lower, but is he still in the mix for a position like that? 
you know, do you like that? He's obviously brings a lot of speed. You think about the, 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 like Stutzla and the, and the, the opportunities to, to, to have, you know, a faster team, um, you know, that he does that, but there's a lot of, I have a lot of questions about his game. I think there's a lot of holes in his game. Um, uh, I still think he's an immense talent and, and deserving of potentially a lottery pick, but still there's like, you know, I think that'd be a high risk pick at seven. Um, but then you also look at the way that the senators have gone so heavily on size uh, of late, especially in the last draft and Connor geeky will be right there. I think, I think he'll still be on the board. Um, you know, so the, the nice thing is, is that they're going to have those kinds of options. You know, those are the types of players that are there. Those are all among the top players in this draft. Um, so I think if you're looking for a different, you know, something different, that might be it. Um, and I wouldn't completely rule out Pavel Mintukov as well. Cause he's, the, he's probably the most dynamic offensive defenseman, um, more so than Juracek and, and, and Nemitz. Um, and he gets, you know, he's a goal scorer from, from, you know, goal scorer, playmaker, he can do a lot of different things. So, you know, and at seven, that's still like, you know, I think he's most would have him in top 12, top 13, top 14, somewhere in there, you know, so it, it all comes down to preference, but you just, I mean, just rattled off like seven names right there that you could go different ways with. And it's a good position to be in. I mean, think, think if you're in the lottery this year, you're feeling pretty good. Like you're going to get a player that's going to be an impact guy in your system. I think uh, one of the guys, like you mentioned, Connor Geeky, I think there was a lot of uh, expectation because, you know, he's a six, four center. He, he has seemingly offensive upside looking at his statistics. And I'm sure you've done way more research on him than, than we have. Um, genuinely, I'm like, do, do the senators want Connor Geeky? Like, is he that pick that could look really good and then sort of falter? Like, do you see that? at all with his game or, or is he, is he legit? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's legit. I, I had, I think, um, you know, at the midterm, you know, I, I, I bumped him down a little bit further than I had had him initially kind of when I made the list, you know, he's closer to 11. I think the feet are a little heavier, you know, I mean, as with, is the case with big guys, um, bigger players do tend to take a bit longer too to develop. Um, they, they have a little bit of a longer, you know, you're like, Oh, this guy's physically ready for the NHL. He might be, but he hasn't figured out how to use that physicality at the NHL level. He hasn't figured out how to how to protect pucks and and things like that. And so, you know, you, you look at him and you say, "Wow, he's he's also on one of the best teams in the in the CHL this year." Winnipeg has been absolutely killing people, and um, you know, I think that that's that's a good thing. But um, I do think he's legit. You know, I do I I don't think he has the same upside as some of the more dynamic players in this draft. Um, but you know, I have him ahead of guys like Brad Lambert because I think he does more. I think he gives you more. He's, he's more than just the size. Um, he's, he's very, you know, very skilled for a big guy, good, soft hands, makes a good pass, really in a solid vision, nice shot, you know, like he, he makes plays and he can get to the net front. So, you know, I think what you see is what you get from him. The way he plays now is the way that he'll have to play at the NHL level. And he's just going to have to develop physically along the way. But I mean, yeah, you know, you look at the physical attributes and it's hard to find that in a center. It's it's hard to find a center that has that much skill at that size. Um, but you also think there, there have been good and bad with a player like that. Um, you know, I think we thought Kirby Doc really for the Blackhawks being a six, four center was going to be, 
you know, after his rookie season, it looked like he was going to be on his way to superstardom and he's fallen back to earth a little bit. Um, but then you have you know, same thing. Quentin Byfield it's taken him longer to get to where we thought he would be. He's had to deal with some injuries and things like that. Um, but yeah, but you wonder, and you're like, wow, but you look at geeky and you're like, gosh, the profile. And there's so many things about him that seem like gets laugh esque, you know, and you're just, you're just kind of wondering. So, um, yeah, he's, he's real interesting to me. Um, and, and, and a guy that I think, you know, judging by past, you know, past preferences by the, the senators very well could be, you know, the guy. Yeah. I mean, like Slefkovsky, geeky, like they, they really, you know, seem to be the Sens uh, prototypical guys. But then you look at the U.S. National Development Program, like ties with Nazar and Cooley, and and then Ottawa Senators fans are kind of big braining it about, you know, who are they going to draft? Um, but, you know, speaking of your midseason rankings so much, um, I mean, the obvious one who's probably moved up since you, you made those was Slefkovsky. But is there anybody else? Um, that has really jumped up or, or maybe even slipped even more. Yeah. I mean, I I'd say that since those came out, certainly Shane Wright's game has has taken, taken on to another level. That's, that's for sure. Um, you know, I would say among the other guys on there, um, man, yeah, it's tough to say. Cause I, I think it's only, it's only been about a month. And so you try to, you know, you try to put it, you try to put the draft guys aside for a little bit just to let it breathe and then come back to them after a few weeks. So I haven't necessarily, you know, I've, I've certainly watched the, the, the top of the, the class a bit more. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, most improved since the rankings come out and a guy that's moved the most is certainly Shane, Wright. Like, I mean, it, it's to the point where I'm like, wow, that was very, that aged so badly so fast um <laughs> like milk and i and i t- yeah exactly and i i i've i've put a lot of time and effort into am i really gonna do this <laughs> and it wasn't like just because i was like I've, I've i've seen both players live i mean I, I i've got copious video on them and i just felt like cooley was doing more and was looked better and so yeah, but that's that's kind of it's kind of been interesting. But yeah, so I'd say him for sure. Slavkovsky, obviously, nobody saw that coming. I mean, he scored more goals in the uh, in the Olympics than he has right now for his Finnish team. Um, you know, so th- those are the big guys. The unfortunate thing is guys like Juracek. He was injured when I already put the thing out. Um, you also have to think, you know, what are the Russian players going to do? Those guys are probably going to drop the ones that are based in Russia. And there aren't that many this year that are going to be high end draft picks, but Rashosenko and Yurov could be lottery picks. Um, you know, you just wonder. So there's a lot of things like that that are kind of going on. So as I get back into it, I'll, I'll, I'll have a better, a better idea, but I think it's going to be a big year for, for the national team development program at the draft. A lot of their guys are going to go um, in the first round. They have a really unique team, a lot of, a lot of real solid players. And then beyond that, it's really uh, it's it's anybody's guess at this point, uh, kind of where things are going to go. It's still early on, um, and it's been a weird season to date, and it'll continue to be weird. And um, yeah, now we have uh, you know geopolitics thrown into the mix. So <laughs> I do have to give you credit though, because even though you did have Logan Cooley ranked over Shane Wright, you at least explained it quite well. 
why you I tried. It. It wasn't I tried just to. like yeah, yeah, it wasn't just like a wasn't sentence. just had good had good world juniors, yeah. period. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's, and it was interesting. Like I, I I waited until when I made the list, I waited until after I made the decision and I started texting scouts. I was like, Am I insane? They're like, <laughs> yeah. no. No, there's a, is that is that how you really feel? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. Some were like, well, that wouldn't be my choice, but go for it. Like, <laughs> and then I did have one team say that, yeah, that their that right was not their first overall on their board. Wow. Um, so yeah, and I mean, there don't, are other. Don't tell me it was Ottawa. Don't tell me Ottawa. No, said Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky first overall. <laughs> I won't. I won't narrow it down. I won't narrow it down any further, other than to say it wasn't. It wasn't Ottawa. Oh, that's um, we'll take yeah, that. We'll take yeah, that. but. It, but I mean, the thing is, though, too, is there's still a lot of season left. And the, the thing about yeah. midterm rankings is it's a snapshot of that of the draft at that time. Um, and and so often we get like I I use the I, I think I wrote it in there about how I basically just. The first time I did my first draft rankings for ESPN was the Rasmus Dahlin draft, and it was yeah, it was um, I was like, it's Dahlin all the way. And I just stayed on it, even though I had mounting evidence that that Svechnikov was a legitimate challenger. Um, and I had Svechnikov too, uh, too. And like, I thought it was a lot closer than it was at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I think if I redid that again and I looked, you know, just looking back at the time and, and this is what happens, you learn from those, those opportunities. Um, you know, I think Svechnikov proved that he was the, he was the power forward that, that was that, that so many teams want. Um, but that's not to say that Dalin's not bad, not good. He's 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 very good too. He's just on a, you know, he's a saber. So. so so you're not you're you're telling me that you wouldn't pick Brady Kachuk first overall in that draft. <laughs> no, I mean the gap the gap is closing. The gap the gap <laughs> is closing. But I I did have Brady you know fourth um, that year, uh, and so and yeah, and I mean I think he's 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 higher now for sure. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely improved yeah. his game in yeah. every area. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think I, I still, I think that that pick is going to haunt Montreal Canadiens fans. That lady who reacted that way at yeah. the draft. The, oh my <laughs> oh, God, so, lady. So good. She so has good. been vindicated. That woman has vindicated. It looked for a while that she was in serious trouble of, of being made a fool, but I think she was vindicated. And yeah, I mean, and what, a, what, what great fortune for the senators to land Brady Kachuk, who um, is one of my all time favorite prospects to cover. And a guy that, you know, I was, I kept saying, I was like, he's not just big. He's not just tough. There's a lot there. There is a lot to his game, and he's shown that as an NHL player, which is awesome. Absolutely. Out of curiosity, where's Kotkin, where was Kotkin Yemi oh, no. on your final rankings? Uh, ninth. He was ninth Ooh. on my okay. final rankings. Yeah. So, um, and I knew he was moving up, and I knew that uh, I knew that Montreal wanted a center. Um, and I can't even remember. I may have even mock drafted him there. No, I think I still had Brady there. Um, cause I was like, ah, oh, they'll go, they'll get Brady Kachuk and no, they didn't. Um, yeah. So, but Kenny, I mean, that draft year, he had an incredible season, like unreal under 18 worlds under 18, five nations was in the U S so every GM saw him. Um, and he was a, he was a center in a class that was devoid of centers. Um, and, and he, he was the best center probably, you know, for a lot of people, but still, I mean, looking back hindsight's easy, but team Brady. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we just had uh, one more quick one, and then uh, we'll let you plug your stuff. Sure. 
yeah. Um, super quickly, uh, you know, you mentioned it's been a weird season. There's been so much up and down, a lot of movement. Um, who's the prospect that surprised you the most this year? You know, who's the guy that uh, really just uh, positively or negatively? Uh, for the draft? Yeah, yeah. For the 22 uh, draft. Um, I'd say in terms of... Uh, the guy that surprised me kind of negatively um, was, was Lambert. Like I, I have all, watching him from the time he was 15 to now, it's just like, where was, what happened? Like he was, he was one of the best players in Finland at 15. He is slowly, you know, there was a, there was a chance he wasn't going to make the world junior team. Now he did have a great two games at the world juniors before it got canceled. It was against weaker opponents, but it's still, he did well. The problem is, is that, the, the book on him has been out for a while and everybody seems to have figured it out. He will stay on the perimeter. He will be speed to the outside. It's very difficult for him to get inside presence, get between the face-off dots. You know, is he competitive enough? Those are the types of things that I think are definitely concerning uh, for me because I have, he is an elite skater. He has great skill. He has vision. He has offensive instincts. It's just, can you put it all together? And he hasn't done anything at the professional level in Finland. And it's been a huge concern. So I think the player, I, I still think there's a player in there, which is why I still think he's a first rounder, but I can't believe that we still have not seen progression. And now he's on his third team in three years, you know? So that's another thing. It's like red flag after red flag. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I think we got a lot of information and we really appreciate you jumping on with us. So yeah. Do you want to plug anything before we uh, sign out here? Yeah, sure. You can catch all my work at dailyfaceoff.com. Also hockey sense on Substack. So hockey sense.substack.com and talking hockey sense is available wherever you get podcasts. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, For all of our listeners, uh, you know where to find us. Um, And also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Discord. We're on all those. So thanks so much again, Chris. And uh, have a good night, everybody. And go, Suns, go. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Go, baby. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem.